0: Faith Over Breakfast, this is Brian Betts, your host, and I'm with Pastor Andy Littleton, who's always late, mm-hmm. Pastor Eric Siepen, who's always way too early for me to buy in breakfast, and me, the host, who's either too early or too late, but never on time. We are at Exo Coffee having a delicious breakfast. Well, actually, both Pastor Eric and Andy have finished their meals, and I am not even halfway done. Which is fine. You're the you're the host. You yeah, can, yeah. You can you can eat. I'll provide the background noise. It's, yeah,
1: I think it's necessary. The background crunches that show that this is authentic. Exactly. Yeah. Um, hey, I'm, my name is Andy Littleton, pastor at Mission Church in Tucson, Arizona, and I just had a Whiskey Town biscuit thanks to Exo Coffee. I don't believe whiskey was involved, but it, I'm sure it would have been delicious if it were. And um, next time, yeah, yeah, it was great. And so we just want to thank EXO for letting us stay here. Um, Here in Tucson, Arizona, this is one of the premier coffee spots, and we're just just thrilled to get to sit up in the loft and record. Eric, uh, you just got back from
2: vacation. Who are you, and how are you? Well, I'm Pastor Eric, and I'm from the village. And yes, I did get back from vacation. We were up in Denver, and then we were in uh, Edwards, basically, or Eagle for a while and you know the high was 80 instead of 115 yeah that, that's really crazy. all that matters about vacation at this point in the summer is just trying to be out of the heat and hanging out with the family and trying really hard not to think about uh my church and what's going on there and how hot they all are and all that kind of stuff but you guys have air conditioning no? mm, we have air conditioning in our main <laughs> sanctuary But we don't have air conditioning in the rest of the building. Mm -hmm. So they were running little small machines and the swamp coolers that are portable. Um, Yeah, it was bad. I heard really bad. (laughs) Luckily, nobody comes to church in the summer because they're all on vacation, at least at our church. So it was was okay. It was a smaller evening, so it wasn't too hot that way. But uh, yeah, they were blowing breakers because they had so many you know air conditioners plugged in perfect <laughs> good yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah they're working on air conditioning we have two huge units sitting on the roof and they've been ripping out electrical stuff okay so air conditioners air conditioners are on the premises yeah That's you know, you can imagine how cool it will be <laughs> yeah wow It's exciting yeah, we had a we at Mission
1: Church are an authentic Tucson church, meaning we have only swamp cooling for That's the summer. That's right. Yeah. Oh my gosh, at 115 yeah. in that brick room. Yeah, and and the weird, we had one of our biggest Sundays ever last week, which was out of out of nowhere in the middle of, of the summer, and and it was so hot, and uh, you know what happens when you jam a build a hot building full of humans is it just gets hotter. And so it was uh it was kinda like I don't know. People smelled and it was great and but no it was a nice week. But Wow but Wow. Like I think a thought went through my mind like just you know, God thanks for creating the minds that created air conditioning and God could we
2: please have some someday? <laughs> yeah. That the I thought mean, that went through we mind. have swamp <laughs> cooling for uh, well, we still have it sections, but Every Sunday, I would have that as part of my prayer. God, thank you for swamp cooling. Yeah. Thank you for it being really hot. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But hey, you know, it's uh, sometimes we've had our swamps out before in the past, and that's really bad. So there, there are degrees. Swamp cooling is, it's somewhat cool air wafting around. That's better than not cool air. Yeah. But um, these are all reasons people could leave our churches, right? Which amazingly, incredibly, leads into the very topic we were going to discuss today. Brian, you were wondering how to transition. I just did it for you. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate
0: it. <laughs> so uh, I have one job, and it, it, you did it for me. I appreciate it. I'll just go ahead and leave now. <laughs> but <laughs> Everybody's leaving. There's yep, a it, theme here. Do you <laughs> notice a theme? Yeah. Uh, Pastor Eric, uh, you actually were reading an article about that too. Do you want to tell
2: us about that? Yeah, sure. I was reading an article from Brian McLaren, uh, who, you know, is a little controversial of a person, if you know who he is. But he wrote an article, at least the first part now, about clergy and priests and pastors leaving the church um, at maybe the same rate or just in a similar way that... Millennials are supposedly leaving the church mm-hmm. um, over frustration with just maybe the, the inactivity or the um, inability of the church to do anything that's that's meaningful in the world, or, or the right. priests and pastors feel like they're having a genuine impact on the world for good.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. There's um. I mean, I guess if you're in the church, if you're if you're a church person, you're aware that people leave the church. I mean, you, you people are here, people are gone. And, you know, sometimes people leave and, and they're going off to other churches, or they're saying, "I just don't want to be a part of this." Or they come for a little while and they hope, they hope they're going to try. But then I would assume if you're not in church, you're probably at least aware of the fact that there are numbers and, and articles coming out. I mean, I read something recently, I feel like New York Times, where they were talking about you know, decreased um, church attendance, but then there's other there are other articles coming out saying right in the midst of this, a decreased church attendance, there's a heightened religious awareness and people are starting to think about and talk about religion more. Right. So going to church less talking about religion more we observe people leaving churches and you're saying including the clergy right and and millennials are notorious in our you know current situation for being people who can't settle down but he's saying brian McLaren, saying it's not just them it's the pastors (laughs) do the same thing and so here we are pastors and brian's a millennial so this is perfect
2: Yeah. yeah
0: so why are you leaving the church brian you almost left the podcast I know know. (laughs) it didn't work out for you and you just left I know I just didn't want to distract everybody by getting up and leaving so I'm just going to do it this will be my last podcast no (laughs) Uh, (laughs) moving on to another podcast exactly but just to take the attention off of me uh, we were discussing earlier about this you mentioned that some you had some of your staff leave the church as well and you've been uh, leading this church for a long time um have there been good reasons and bad reasons?
2: Yeah. Well, first to clarify, it feels a little funny for you to tell me staff. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, a, we're a tiny little church, but that, that is that's, true. true. That is true. We, yeah. For for a period of time, we had what we um, some interns and, and a pastor who actually raised his own money, um, and so he was on staff. And a really yeah. good friend of mine. Um, and, and he left. And that, just even leaving in a community that's smaller, when you everybody is friends, everybody's connected. You've had some meaningful experience. It's not just this person up front who's talking to you on Sunday, and maybe you see his kids running around, like you babysat his kids, or you were over at his house for dinner, or you were, you know, over um, in her Bible study. And so then all of a sudden. Like, they're leaving and you don't understand why because you were all on the same mission together and now they're on a new mission. It doesn't make any sense. Because a lot of times I feel like people we'll leave suddenly or unexpectedly. Yeah. Yeah. They don't, it's not, don't, like, when we leave we don't always bring in um, people into the conversation. So even, like, when I was early on on staff at a, at a church the head pastor literally two weeks into me joining just left didn't yeah. tell anybody why yeah. he was leaving he just said i'm done with ministry i'm leaving ministry not just i'm going to another church yeah so. and a big part of my journey was
1: i got plugged into this uh, smaller church when i was younger and um you know in the great i had, I had great reasons for going you know they, they had a great mission statement they had uh, they were solid in the gospel and there happened to be a girl i liked at the church Right, that might have been primary reason for going. It's it's really hard to tell, but um, but I went to I went to this church and there was a, an older pastor who'd been there a long time and he was beloved. I mean, I still talk to people from there and they, they remember him. He cared about them. He but he wasn't above you know picking the weeds and organizing the closet and whatever. He had been there forever, and then um, yeah, and then he retired. And then, a, you know, a new pastor came and left. And then a church plant was started that eventually didn't last. And um, there was, and yeah, there, just the, the journey that that community went on, and I was there for part of that. Um, it just yeah, it was, It changed. I mean, that whole the whole face of that church changed because a, a pastor left. And you know, of course, people are going to retire. Um, that, that's you, you have to. Um, but but yeah, it's a it's a kind of a traumatic thing when something like that occurs, and then like what you're talking about, having kind of a, a helper secondary, maybe not quite as traumatic, but still, there are people who connect with them, right? And really enjoy that, and to have somebody like that leave changes everything, and, and can affect people and how they feel. Yeah, it's it's an interesting dynamic. I mean, yeah. So how do you guys how do you feel about? You know, pastors leaving. I, I kind of threw something out before before the podcast that you know I've known a pastor that's been in a, a large number of very you know, different churches, and there seems to always be good reasons because the people are difficult and there's issues and the budget and what I, you know. There's there's a long list of things that are wrong in organizations, but how I don't know, Brian, millennial, how do you feel about
0: that? Well, I've kind of witnessed. Being when I was a kid, I went to uh, a church that was very much like Pastor Exeptance Church, where they used words like clergy and stuff like that. So I have I, that's a term that I'm familiar with. But then preteen years, we started going to a much larger church where they I never once heard the word clergy, and then like it was staff. So. <laughs> the, there's all those distinctions too. My yeah, rod I, and my staff <laughs> should comfort me. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's what it's from. No I'm kidding. But I, I've seen people. Uh, I've i visited other churches uh, that my people from my school had invited me to to kind of kind of create some sort of like community. Is like okay, we go to different churches, but it doesn't mean weren't enemies or anything of that nature and uh and it was a great church but there was this one pastor who said that uh this isn't your grant grandpa's church it was one of those things where maybe dynamics like that and people like that that push away uh people have been doing ministry a long time and some things might be traditional some things might be uh outdated uh but uh still have value uh they don't have the value that they used to Uh, we might have talked about this recently where uh, there are programs that still mean a lot to people and they they were severely impacted from these ministries but now the way that the culture is is not having the same impact that it did so we're having people who have been in ministry a long time feeling like their time has run out there are uh, new people coming in church that have a desire to a genuine desire to make an impact in their communities uh, through ministry, and they're being pushed out because their voices are being heard because they're viewed as young and like, oh, you don't understand, you don't get it, you're too young. So I've seen people who are young and full of ambition and who actually have a lot of great things to say get pushed out because uh, just because they're young, their voices aren't being heard. And I've seen older pastors who still have a lot of life in them and they deserve... Uh, they've given so much ministry and still have so much to give, but because they're old or outdated or whatever people might say they are, they're being pushed out as well um, by themselves or their communities itself. So I, I've seen both. Those are really prominent reasons I've seen. Yeah, I
1: can't help but but think I, I. So just yesterday, I was with a with a pastor who was meeting up with some other pastors for the afternoon, and I guess one of them is being you know pers- he's. He's not a pastor. He's just attending a church, and his pastor is about to leave. And kind of came to him and said, "Would you just be the pastor of this church?" And this is a guy who doesn't have any form of training. No, like, you know, like, you know there. He's and I'm not. I'm not, I'm not huge on all the training. I, Eric and I both are under trained in many people's opinion. But he hasn't been mentored, discipled to be a pastor, or anything. And the pastor's just going, "I'm going to leave. You should do it." Um, from what I could gather, and. Hey, that happens more than we think, um, which is pretty wild. Yeah, that's how <laughs> I ended up in this Th- process. There you go. <laughs> yeah, and um, and that and that sort of stuff happens. So, so it's funny to think like it's just so important for a pastor to be like a leader of people and to to be like walking with God and in, in some of these things, and, and even to have some plans. And I'm sure I know God salvages so many situations by instilling those things in somebody who wasn't ready or whatever but I wonder how many times that sort of stuff goofs up I mean just makes things hard when when things are done really sloppily and without care and prayer and and then um I was uh I, I got to hear Mark Dever speak the other day so I'm bringing him up just to counterbalance Brian McLaren so since we brought up Brian McLaren we're gonna should we bring up should him. we
2: go ahead and say things like N.T. Wright that's kind of right in the middle. Huh? Yeah. So, so now we we've kind of... Okay. Everybody out there... <laughs> okay. Now yeah. we think...
1: So we've, we've name-dropped a conservative, a moderate, and a liberal. Right. Good. Yeah, okay, good okay. there we go. <laughs> Perfect. Um, but uh, it's something Mark Dever, if, if you've heard of him, he's a, he's a pastor in Washington, D.C., but he is, he's been in his church a long time, and he is just well-known for building up young leaders, like tons of them. And right now he's big on young African American scholars and African American pastors and, and you know and, and I think various nationalities, but he sees a big void there. But he I mean he brought with him a number of young guys that he's training up and there's a long list of pastors who were trained up under him. So here's a guy who's been really consistent but he's building and sending out more leaders. And you see that and you go, Wow, that and that takes a lot of work and thought and preparation. And you just wish you saw more of that, like pastors being developed that way than just being said hey can you do this nobody else wants
2: to stuff
1: like that and i wonder how much that would impact
2: well we should we should say we're faith over breakfast i'm pastor eric that was pastor andy and we got brian betts as the host token millennial token millennial and that's why he's here we call him the host but he's really just our token millennial yeah that's true that's
0: true and by the way i find a lot of value in the terminology i don't think that that's Outdated or anything. I think these, are, I'd rather say clergy than staff for sure. It's just now, wow. I've always, you know, it was a kid as a clergy, now it's just always been staff. But Millennials so, are all
1: yearning for the vintage expression of faith. So that makes total sense. That's exactly <laughs> why. That's exactly
0: it. <laughs> yeah, uh, but whatever. You like the
1: clergy to lead you through the liturgy and speak the benediction of really, exactly. I have yeah.
0: a book on uh, Common Prayer uh, and it's a book yes. on liturgy by Shane Claiborne and a couple other people I've read it. I got it when I, in high school I think it was. Uh, I'm, I've not touched the book since because I have too many books and I'm also lazy to be more honest but <laughs> but um, but uh, I was curious what sort of things have you seen I mean not your church but other church is that you've seen people are, are leaving. Clergy and staff, are like well, the list is
2: probably very,
0: very long.
1: Um, it seems like that with clergy, it tends to be when you say like they either come in with high ideals of what they are going to be able to do, and then that is frustrated um, to some, either by because the structure of the church or the people aren't on board or or something. To which I, I mean, I. I That would be very difficult to do. But at the same time, it's like, I I suppose, pastoring or shepherding is precisely having to take people who are straying
2: off in all sorts of directions and help them come together and walk together. Yeah, I mean, I think you kind of have two streams of pastors. You have one who's more activist oriented and looking to be an activist, and the other is looking to be. I think maybe a more maintainer of the structures Yeah. and what I have found is that most of us don't really understand like what it means to disciple and we don't understand the great commission and so we well, there's a lot of confusion about what it actually means to be a church yeah. even though we have all this great rich theology about how we're to be together um, when we get together it it gets very um, messy, and we get really disappointed. Yeah. And we get frustrated with the, the, the minutiae. The, the, the machine moves really slow sometimes, or the people are just frustrating. Um, there's a lot of issues that you have to face, and so it, I think there's a lot of burnout. So I think that's a big part of why people yeah. are leaving, is that they just they can't handle it anymore. And it's not a high-paying job, so... Right. You know, you have that pressure on there, too. And then people don't, you know, they don't necessarily like you in the general population. Yeah. <laughs> Pastors are not popular. Yeah, there was um, a... I was reading
1: a... I've been reading a book on the clergy and in, um, in kind of English history, essentially. And there was, you know, a time when, yeah, to be a clergy member meant you had all this respect. And so I suppose you would... You know, you would get in there, and people didn't listen to you. But just in general, you walked around the streets, and and you were a respected person. Well, yes. not anymore. No, not even close. And mm-hmm. so it's like, yeah, to be a pastor is essentially to sign up for a fairly low paying job, unless you're one of these mega church guys. But that's that's not the norm. But you, yeah, a fairly low paying job, where in general people think you're kind of off, and um, you know, in in the culture, and the you know, and, and you get, and when you tell people you're a pastor, you're going to get treated different. And, uh, and then your, your job is to kind of like engage spiritually with people and ask them to go places they don't want to go spiritually, emotionally, you know, and people don't love that all the time either. Sometimes Mm -hmm. they receive it, but yeah, it's, I, I feel like if we pitched it that way to seminarians, that'd be really good. You know, like, Hey guys, here's here's what you're signing up for. You're going to ask people to do what they don't want to do and they're not going to pay you a lot. And generally people aren't going to respect you for it. You want to do it? right
2: <laughs> oh man but i would be interested in just maybe thinking a little bit through and talking about like, why millennials are leaving or if they really are leaving because your church and my church are populated by millennials and Gen Xers yeah. Um, yeah. not a lot of boomers not a lot of older people no. we have a few but we're mostly young right. why are young people coming to our churches
1: Yeah.
2: Um, not in droves let's say but why are they yeah. there yeah, um, and why do we think they're leaving other communities or sticking to other communities? Yeah, and I should say one quick
1: note is I think a thing I hear all the time from our yeah millennials especially is that they want older people at church, but there's an interesting they're not they don't like the churches where older people go, right? But they really wish older people came to our church and were in their lives and investing in their lives. So that's an interesting piece, and that that we could that's a whole other podcast, I'm sure. But um yeah, it seems I think the thing I've noticed, I mean and you know, this is a discussion you and I have had and and some other pastors and I have had is it seems that the millennials we're engaging with who do are intrigued by faith or, or interested in faith or just completely devoted to faith, um, are very they're moving around churches. They don't have that sense of needing to put down roots and invest and think long game with the community and and that's been a one of the things that's i suppose frustrated me along the journey is having you know younger people come up and say hey like I really you know I think the church would be great if it were like this and then you know two weeks later they're gone and I think well you know how churches get to be like like that like what you described is people invested for years investing and and walking with others and then you get this rich thing that maybe you've seen at another church or something but you don't I can't just show up on a Sunday and wave my magic bible and poof there it is you know I need this I need all of the church to help create that um so sorry I just got really frustrated no um but I that's something I've noticed is always look like just drifting, looking for something or or being a part of a number of things and I'm I'm not, I guess sold on that being an awful thing to like maybe show up at multiple churches and bump into people at different communities, there's a beautiful thing to that too, but it seems that there should be it would be better to have a place where you're deeply known and discipled and walked with regularly,
2: and that I think is the missing piece for a lot of those folks, but what do you see? Yeah, I mean, my my brain is kind of racing when you were talking about all those things. I, I think you're right that there is a huge transitory kind of experience for for younger people, and that they they have there's a fear that they're going to miss out. Yeah, that yeah, if you yeah, commit yeah. to one thing, yeah. you're going to miss out on another. Yeah, I think the other thing is that any time the relational issues yeah. come, yeah. or there are political or social political issues that are <clears throat> disagree with or there's yes. conflict then they they move away and the other thing is I think discipleship means you have to actually begin to be, be transformed you yeah. have to take up your cross right. it's actually not just the uh, it's not just the clergy or the pastors who hey you're not going to be paid much and it's going to be a, a difficult road that's actually the story for all of us Yeah. The it's promise, going to be a difficult road, yeah. Right, Is to learn joy. Yeah. yeah. You know, to find the joy of Christ in the midst of all of, of the struggle and dirtiness of the world. We didn't come to a, a fun world. The other thing that I was thinking about is that now there's a... I feel like I'm competing. I'm mm. competing with Matt Chandler. I'm competing with Mark Driscoll. I'm competing, you know, with Durek or whatever his name is. Yeah, You know, I'm competing with all these big... People who have more than five hours to work on their sermon have more than have assistants who do all their research for them, which is just mind boggling to me to I, write a sermon that someone else researched. Right? I mean, <laughs> I remember listening to Mark Driscoll talk about how he had three assistants, yeah. who did research for his sermons for him. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I that was mind boggling. If somebody do my word studies for me, that'd be awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah, imagine how great. <laughs> Right, well, well maybe, maybe, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> we, we still deliver them, so there's, there's that. There is the delivering part, yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. No, and it's true, and, and, you know, unfortunately, like, we draw our own comparisons there, and then sometimes other people do too, you oh, know? Oh, yeah, sure. And that's hard, you know, so, hey, people out there, if you go to church, be really careful <laughs> the comparisons you draw and what you, if you know, like, Ask your pastor to be who God's called him to be not who God's called someone else to be just because for goodness sakes like think about if it were you um, if, if somebody were calling you to be like their favorite person in the world in your field or, or whatever instead of who God had made you to be and how crushing that would be so there you go a little application yeah. for it but um, yeah when I I guess to the Millennials that are in our church I was thinking um, why do we have... I, I think a couple of ingredients that we hear... A, we have younger people in leadership, so they see people like them up front, and we empower younger people to act and lead. Um, and I think that's what I saw in Mark Dever, is here's an older guy empowering younger people. And so his church isn't, like, the super cool church. that You see the same thing in people like Tim Keller. It's not the, the super cool church. Um but they're but they're raising up leaders and giving people, you know, handing them the ball and saying, "We trust you. Go forward. We'll train you. We trust you." That kind of stuff, and I think that happens. We're learning how to do that at our church, and then um, there's a there's a high level of authenticity. We've talked about that before here on this podcast that I think the younger generation is longing for and connecting with, and there there tends to be in you know especially in cultural Christianity and then you know in the churches of the past there seemed to be a hesitancy to be honest about what's going on to to talk about what you should be but not talk about what is um and i i think that you know because we are pretty just open with it that that we connect with folks who feel the need to have that authenticity um you know so we uh, you know i suppose we've got we have got interesting music and, you know, espresso drinks or whatever. But I actually think it has very little to do with that. I think that comes from, that stuff kind of comes out of the people that are, because we we have espresso because we have five baristas at the church and people like espresso, so we make it. But um, I don't think that's why the millennials are there. I think we could have all those things. And that's the trouble. I've seen churches that go, oh, we need to get younger people. We should have cool music or coffee. That's not the that that might be what you do because younger people are there because that's what they do, but I don't think that's how you connect or relate. Um, That it's sort of
0: that seems gimmicky, right? That's what I've realized. Yeah, yeah. And I've been to churches where they have cool kids come to church. Yeah, they're like, let's invest in the cool kids because they'll bring more people. Right, and then you find the outcast. Being left out, then you yeah. realize in some ways we're all outcasts, oh, yeah. and we need people to reach. In uh, I, I think that being cool or trying to be cool brings people in initially, but doesn't keep them there. Yeah, because there's a there can be a lack of authenticity there. Yeah, because you're not really being like, hey, who are you? What makes you unique and special? And what? Uh, how can we love on you in a way that? jesus would yeah and jesus loved the outcast Um, and he loves the cool kids too yeah but
1: uh and the cool kids are struggling with the same stuff right exactly
0: yeah
1: Yeah, i think it's interesting but i've noticed something that's kind of an undercurrent at our church but i feel like we could almost have a tagline at our church that said like i mean this is to the world and to other churches like send us your b level send us your bench players Send us your outcasts, and we're going we're gonna to put them to use and love them. Because I've just noticed that um, we... And I don't mean B-level in reality, but the ones you think are B-level. Because like, I've, I've noticed that we've had people come around who... They were too young, or they dressed too weird, or they had tattoos, or they um, screwed up once, and, and they just couldn't ever... Nobody would let them like be a part... You know, you had to have the squeaky clean record and look really great and be really fun and influential. And then you can be a part of these ministries. And we've, you know, we just haven't, we've decided that's not what we're going to do, you know. And so I feel like there's, you know, I think that some people have found a home because they've come and said, Hey, I blew it. I screwed up, but I really want to walk with Jesus. And we've said, Okay. So yeah, way too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's like the whole church. So, no, welcome yeah. aboard. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. And yeah, so Eric. Yeah, more of the millennials
2: that have connected at the village. Well, I mean, I was just, as I listened to you, I, was, I think it's very similar reasons. Yeah. I think the authenticity. Um, right. I think that everything that you see in our community is comes out of the community yeah. itself. We did, yeah. didn't try to invent something to get people to come. It was right. just as people uh, were gathering, this is what came out of them in a very authentic way. Yeah, we did say, hey, we value creativity, we value community. We, we put those values out in front of people and said so this is what we're striving for. This is what Jesus is uh, talking about when he talks about you know making disciples, being a disciple. It's you know, it's committed to these kinds of things. But um, yeah I think a big part of it is like you said empowering people to do ministry empowering people to you know be part of things and then the leaders are all young and like in our church I mean here's a I'm the head pastor quote unquote I'm the one who's paid full time I preach 30 times a year yeah um I give up most of you know the rest of those slots to either my co-pastor or to our leaders so our leaders preach about 12 times a year so you see you know 22 year old guys standing up yep. and preaching and people all of a sudden those guys people want to talk to them want to yeah. engage them and that produces an arena for, for teaching and then they get to see them do it more and more and disciple and yeah. yeah so I think that has a big impact too it's just you'll see a lot of young people in the different areas of leadership And what I've seen at your
0: church I love uh, people that that I know people that go to your church uh, there's just this incredible intimacy that's so much like a family. Uh, and there's just this freedom to... I think that millennials and uh, everybody alike desires intimacy, but it's so difficult to reach that point. It's so uncomfortable to uh, get to that point where like you could share that those deep stuff that's really bothering you and that you're struggling with and you're concerned about. And there's so much freedom there to... Be there and talk about it, and they're just right there with you to share their own stuff and also walk through that with you as well. Um, and I think that's what also will help and has helped keep those millennials uh, and just other people at the church too.
1: An incredible thing about about the village, Eric's church, yeah. is um, is that there there are some older folks, and so when you said my co-pastor, I mean this this is a Co pastors, yeah. yeah. Six sixty five. And so you guys are platforming an older person. That's something that we don't have that I, I wish we had. Um, but so when you uh, you know, I, I think there's part of like you guys have a little more investment from some older folks and yes. I would I would venture to say it's because the same is true for them. There's a, a leader that looks like them and uh, and they're they're valued. Um, that's another another piece I want to talk about is I mean this isn't just millennials leaving the church and maybe pastors a big trend I've seen is and I see it in my own parents like hi mom and dad I love you we've had this discussion so I feel free to, to talk yeah, about it sure. but my own my own parents um, you know stop they don't go to church anymore they they are they're going to church in their living room because there's so many church services on TV and. There are various reasons for them. They, you know, moved away from one church. Our church is at night. The fans are cold. There's a, uh, there's a whole list, but they've, but they've just started going to church at home alone. And they're not alone. I hear, I've heard this a lot. I hear and see it a lot with older folks leaving the church for other reasons. Um, but, you, Eric, your church is, not that you've solved it, but you have retained older folks. Um, you know, we're we have a couple, and we're looking for more. By the way, shameless plug, Mission Church. We meet at four thirty p.m. on Sundays. Um, we're looking for you sleep in, man. Yeah, you can older folks. You know, like you could sleep in. Um, bring us your, bring us your elderly. Bring it, you know. But but if we to have people who wanted to mentor and invest, who were older and had years, would be such a gift to us. We would love that. Um, and I realized that that wouldn't be the easy road because you've got a bunch of young people who think weird things and our music's different than everything you're used to. But they want to follow Jesus and they want, they want the insight of older folks. And so everybody would have to lay down something for that
2: to work. But is that... Well, you know, and, I, and I think about that. One of the things I realized when I go to even like your church or to other churches, one of the reasons that we have been able to hold on maybe to a few older people is partly just the same reason of authenticity and all of that but we've actually chosen that though we write our own music and yes it has it's kind of rocky it's actually not very loud yeah so we turn it down um, because it's hard for older people yeah. as you get older your ears. Yeah. and so we were like okay we're gonna honor that we're still gonna play our kind of music which is all in minor keys and all that kind of stuff but it's gonna Yep. We, we do we say okay we're not going to sing a lot of older songs but you know what we'll sing acapella hymns because yeah, we whole, know that that's a big part of your culture yeah. so we honor that music is huge and honoring without like saying okay we're just going to roll over um, so that's been a big part the other part is the pastors really emphasizing to older people like this isn't a church for you we're asking you to come be part it's a mission and a calling and we want you to step in and we understand that it's going to be hard and we understand that you know you're not going to get to be fed the way you think (laughs) you want to be fed Um, You'll soon learn that that word is not a good word to use And and it really doesn't apply And you will be cared for and shepherded But as you care for and shepherd And I think, again I think people who are older are all boomers So they went to churches If they became Christians or grew up in Christian homes Where they were served all the time And not given a lot of places to serve Other than, you know go do the nursery if we haven't hired nursery workers. So everything was service-oriented, and so they're not used to saying, okay, you need to sit with this person and just listen. They've never done that, and no one's done that for them. So some of it's training older people, giving them a vision, telling them that they can have an impact.
1: And discipling them into that. And and that's hard. I mean, I can imagine as an older person, you know, uh, like... To have this thirty-some-year-old or forty-some-year-old pastor come along and say, "Hey, I want to train you to disciple," and going, "What?" You know, right. I've been going to church for fifty right. years, right. but uh, you know what? Like it—it it was kind of a missing ingredient. It wasn't
2: offered like it should have been.
1: Yeah, and a, and that's a huge piece, right? Yeah, um, I
2: mean, I remember when I preached on Proverbs. I just said. I said, if you're older, you are wise, and here's why you're wise: because you know what's stupid. Is. Yeah. <laughs> you may not like have like a, we did all these right. brilliant all the ideas, but you know what not to do because you did what <laughs> not to do, and, and you know what happened. And yeah. you can tell people that's not a good idea. I know what's going to happen when you do that. So we, so we have, yeah. There's these three
1: categories of people who are leaving, right? right? We've got. <laughs> We started with pastors. Pastors are leaving. <laughs> we started with with young millennials. They're leaving. We uh, older people are leaving. I'm sure people in the middle are leaving. And and so that's a thing. But then um, the other piece that you mentioned, maybe to conclude here, is that, and I, I guess I alluded to it in the articles. People are talking about religion more than ever. There's a there's a spiritual thirst. Um, some of the the you know, new philosophical work is saying that. You know we're, we're going into an age where people are looking for you know the trying to take religion out of everything hasn't answered the questions and it hasn't worked and even even philosophers are realizing we can't operate this way and people are longing for this and then you were saying like not only are they longing for this like there's there seems to be some evidence out there that they're actually there are people saying that I, I would like to go to church and what yeah what what had you read or
2: heard? well I, I had just heard a uh, somebody who is a quote-unquote expert on evangelism, which is a very insidey church kind of thing. Sure. Just saying that looking at the different surveys and things that I've done recently with millennials is that they not only want to talk about faith, but they would go to church with you if you asked them to go to church with you. Right. But they're, they're not going to walk
1: in on their own, right? No. Probably not. Yeah. No. they.
2: I think they think they need permission of some sort. Yeah. So they need to be invited.
1: Yeah. So, it, so if there's any truth... And I, I feel like I've experience that and and even drop the ball on that because i as a pastor feel weird i feel weird like yeah. saying hey do you want to come to my church or you're you hear me preach right like that i was
0: gonna ask that earlier <laughs> yeah. too i was like what how is that different because if i i ever pastored a church i don't think i ever will but to invite like oh hey i'm gonna I, i'm gonna talk about how you're messed up and i've messed up and that's okay and then to, to expect them to like and hope for them to come that's very difficult I wouldn't yeah. be able to imagine how that is
1: it, it is and I'm I, even right now I'm trying to wrap my mind around why it is I think I think part of it is a fear that they're going to say no because we're pastors and we're normal and we don't like to be rejected yeah. and have somebody go no I
0: don't want to come to your weird thing right um, and, and hear you preach and here you more talk. yeah, yeah more rejection. just invite each other right. like, to the other person's church yeah we could practice <laughs> hey Eric would you like to come to church with me sometime yeah sure one um, time
2: yeah um, thirty. Minutes before yours, Is that, does
1: that work? Shoot, uh, but but yeah, like there's that, and then I think just just this assumption because if somebody's not going to church, you figure it's because they are actively like rejecting and saying I don't want to be a part of that. Which even as I say that, I go, well, that's probably not the case. I mean, right now, like for for I mean, it's never been so prevalent in the United States for somebody who've grown up never going to church or never hearing the gospel, and so. Chances are that the people we're talking to, though, they're aware of religion, especially via the news and all the negative junk that goes on. They're aware of religion in that way. But they they may have actually never heard the gospel articulated. Um, They may never have really heard the central message. They may never have been a part of a a Christian community. And I think a lot of studies show that people... um, I mean, you tend to do... I think this is just a fact. I'd have to look... Up some of the I've heard this a number of times. You tend to do what the group you're surrounded by does. And so that, that should be instructive for us all. As Christians, you know, people who aren't Christians aren't stupid. Like just because they don't believe this. The reason we believe it is because we're in a community that believes it and that encourages us to believe it. Right. But the same is true if you're not a Christian and, or or religious at all and you're listening to this and you're going, Ah, all those religious quacks. Well, no, they're not. Because if actually you might be really surprised if you were to enter into a Christian or religious community, be surrounded by these folks and start to understand what they value and see what they see, you might believe it more than you think. And so the you know there's that that's just a huge piece of the puzzle. And people are longing to belong. They're longing for things that ring true in their souls. They're longing for I would say mercy and grace. Um, and so yeah, like. Maybe I, should, I shouldn't I should be so hesitant to say, hey, you want to come to church with me?
2: Yeah. 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 I think that's uh, Faith Over Breakfast <laughs> with Pastor Andy sure, Bryan yeah. and <laughs> 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 Eric it. That was amazing. Nice ending sermon there. Oh, uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> did you even realize, oh, look at me. I'm preaching. You're <laughs> um, we'll good to. at it. You hey,
0: thanks, <laughs> Brian. Of
2: course. <laughs> uh, thank you both. Uh, did you have any clean signs no, that was my closing. A song? Did you say song? No. A song? no. I, 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 Let's no. close with an acapella hymn. <laughs> Actually,
1: you, nobody wants that. No. From us.
2: Oh, sorry. <laughs> Wait a no, he's Brian, Wait a Brian. Brian.
0: I do know how to sing, but we're not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. This is not my podcast. I'm just the host, and I'm with Pastor Andy Littleton and Pastor Eric Seep. Thank you both for joining me over Faith
2: and for Breakfast and Wake
0: Thanks.